Thank you, Jesus. All right, you may be seated. You may be seated. Go ahead and turn with me to John chapter 14, and we're going to continue with our series of I Don't Care. Say that with me. I don't care. And tonight we're going to be talking about thinking like a child. That it's time for our thinking to come up. John chapter 14 verse 1. In the New King James it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In the Amplified it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in, adhere to, trust in and rely also on me. Verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6, it says, without faith it's impossible to please Him. But those who come to God must believe. That He is, and He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Say, that's me. me. It's impossible to please God. But those who come to God must believe, must believe, must believe that He is. He is our answer. Must believe that He is our healer. Must believe that He is our restorer. Must believe that He is our deliverer. Must believe that He is the one that's turning around things. We must believe that He is. He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. What are we doing tonight? We are seeking Him. Seeking is an action verb. We are going after the Word tonight. We are going after His presence tonight. We are going after His heart tonight. He is. He is the revealer. He is a good Father that's opening His heart up to you and I. Revealing His heart. That He is desirous of us coming up. Sound coming up. Coming up. I'm coming up. Let not our heart be troubled. Go with me to verse 26 of John chapter 14. And it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, my peace I give to you, my peace I give to you. The same peace that Jesus walked in while he was on this earth, he says, my peace, that peace. The same peace that looks storms right in the eye, the same peace that dealt with every situation, my peace I give unto you. He is saying, Trey, my peace I give unto you. My peace, my peace, put your name in it. My peace I give unto you. Why is he giving us his peace? Let not your heart be troubled. Let not, it's our responsibility to not let our heart be troubled. It's our responsibility to not allow our heart to be agitated. It is our responsibility to let our heart not be distressed. It is our responsibility to let not our heart be troubled. My peace, my peace. My wholeness, my completeness, I give to you. Say, I take it. 
my peace I give to you. I take it. I take it. I'm believing that we're going to come up to new degrees of peace. That no matter what we're facing in this world, no matter what we're going through, new, new degrees of peace. New degrees of wholeness. Go with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4. Let not your heart be troubled. So if the Lord instructs us to do something, can we do it? Say, I can do it. James chapter 1 verse 25 says the person who hears the word and does the word, we're blessed in our doing. We're empowered to move forward when we hear the word and do the word. And whenever God asks us to do something, the power is always present for us to do it. He would never ask us to do something and not supply the power to do it. So when he commands us to not let our heart be troubled... The power is present for us to not let our heart be troubled, even in an environment of devils, even in an environment of the curse, even in an environment of the world. Let not our heart be troubled. My peace I give to you. Remember in John chapter 16, verse 33, let's, let's hold your place in Philippians chapter 4. And in John chapter 16, verse 33, he says in the Amplified, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world you'll have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer, take courage, be confident. Certain undaunted, for I have overcome the world, and I have deprived it of power to harm you, and have conquered it for you. He's given us his word, so that in him and his word, we have perfect peace and confidence. In this world, we'll have trials, tribulation, distresses, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world and deprived it of power to harm us. Say, I take that. His peace. His peace. His peace gives us power to overcome. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Can we do that? So I can do that. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. We learned last week that the Lord is our ally. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Can we do that? Say, I can do that. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. In the Amplified, it says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Can we do that? Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Look to your left and say, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Look to your right and say, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance, say every circumstance, and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God and the peace and God's peace, say God's peace, 
So you see in verse 6, this is our part. What is our part? Number one is that we make a decision. It's a choice that I'm not going to be anxious about anything. I'm not going to fret about anything. Think if we never worried about money. Never, ever. What if we didn't worry about our kids? What if we didn't worry about the government? What if we didn't worry about what's going on in the world? What, what if we didn't worry? Not one ounce of worry. He says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Anything. What does that look like? Heaven on earth. We flourish in its days of heaven on earth. He says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. He says, by prayer, our job is to pray. So, say prayer. prayer. So we're going to make a decision that I'm not going to fret or have any anxiety about anything. Say anything. anything. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to pray. How are we going to pray? We're not going to beg. We're not going to moan. We're not going to wish. We're not just going to hope. We're going to pray. What are we going to pray? We're going to pray the word. We're going to find what God says about our situation because God's word is God's will. And when we pray, we're going to pray on purpose. And we understand that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Say, that's me. And his ears are open unto my cry. Say, that's that's me. me. James chapter 5, verse 16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Dynamic power available that's dynamic in its working. Say, "That's that's me. That's me. So we're going to pray. Say, I'm going to pray. How are we going to pray? We're going to pray the word. Say, I'm going to pray the word. And supplication. Supplication means that, in a short summary, that we're going to be purposeful in our praying. We're going to be intense in our praying. We're going to do it on purpose. When we pray, it's going to be on purpose. It's going to be for a purpose so we can fulfill our purpose and fulfill God's purpose. Say, I'm going to pray. And when I pray, it's going to be on purpose. So I'm not going to fret. Say that. I'm not going to fret. I'm going to pray on purpose. I'm going to pray on purpose. When I get up in the morning, I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray on purpose. I, I can rejoice always, 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 always I can rejoice. Always I know that God is my ally. Always I know the Lord is at hand. Always I know God watches over his word to perform it. Always I know I'm in right standing with God. Always God's eyes are over me. Always God's ears are open unto me. Always there's power dynamic in its working when I pray. I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray on purpose. Say, that's me. That's me. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Why, why are we going to be thankful? Because we prayed the word and this is a confidence that we have in him that if we know we pray his word according to his will, we know that he hears us because his word is his will, right? And when we pray his word, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have whatever we've prayed. So we're praying on purpose. And what do we say when we believe we've prayed on purpose and there's power dynamic in it's working? Thank you. Thank you that it's a done deal. I'm not going to worry. Not, not even a little bit. I'm not going to worry. We're not going to fret about anything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that your eyes are over me. Your ears are open unto me. Thank you, Lord, that I'm praying and I'm praying on purpose. And I know that you hear me. Thank you, Lord, that you have my family. Thank you, Lord, that you have my finances. Thank you, Lord, that you have my body. Thank you, Lord, that you have my future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See, that's our part. Say, that's my part. And he goes on, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God. Now, this is God's part. 
when we're praying and we're praying on purpose and we're thankful. Now the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards our heart and mind through the anointed one and his anointing. Our part is to pray and to pray on purpose and to be thankful. God's part is his peace that guards our heart and guards our mind, surrounds our mind through the anointing. Now, what does the enemy want to happen? If the anointing of God is surrounding us, if we prayed and we've prayed on purpose and we are thankful and we are going from where we're at to walking in the manifestation of what we've prayed and prayed on purpose, and he knows that the anointing of God removes every burden and destroys every yoke, the enemy wants to disrupt and upset you and I before the manifestation takes place. Think about uh, when we say we're not going to fret or we're not going to worry, I want to read some definitions uh, about what upset means. Are you ready for this? Because we don't usually use the word. Well, oh, that just, I'm just so fretting. <laughs> <laughs> so we might use upset. So upset, listen, is to force out of the usual level upright position. To force out of the usual level upright position Our position is upright in Christ Jesus. That's what righteousness is, right? We are upright. And when he gets us upset, has anybody ever been upset? You don't have to answer. All of us have, right? (laughs) To force us out of the usual level upright position. Listen, it's to trouble mentally or emotionally. To disturb the poise of, to throw into disorder. To defeat unexpectedly. I want to read them again. To force out of the usual level upright position. Trouble mentally or emotionally. To disturb the poise of. To throw into disorder. To defeat unexpectedly. So what does that paint a picture of? That you and I are going somewhere in our upright position. Because we prayed and we prayed on purpose. And we're thankful. And we know his eyes are over us. And his ears are open unto our prayer. And we are walking. We've already received the manifestation. But if he can get us upset. He can, he can um, disturb us mentally and emotionally. Get us out of our peace. See the worst thing for him is if you and I stay in peace. The worst thing for him if you and I stay in faith. The worst thing for him is if you and I stay in rest. Because that allows God to move in our life. So he wants to upset you and I. Because when he upsets you and I before his burden is removed and his yoke is destroyed, it stops the angels from doing what they are assigned to do. It stops the power of God. It subsides the power of God from doing what it was doing in our life because we prayed and we prayed on purpose and we were thankful and we were in peace. Headed to walk in the manifestation days of heaven on earth. But if he can upset us. Remember Mark chapter 4 verse 35 through 41 there. You can just write it down. But whenever Jesus is he's, he's asleep in the boat. And the, the disciples or the storm comes. And they try to wake him up. And they say don't you care? 
And what happened? Jesus got up and he said, peace be still. See, how, how, could, he, how could he take dominion and authority and give peace away? Because he had peace. We can't give something we don't have. So in the middle of the storm, he told them to go to the other side. In other words, they had an assignment. They had the word. They had the declaration. You go to the other side. But whenever the storm hit, it was to upset them. But because Jesus had peace, he was able to speak peace. And he says, don't you fret or have any anxiety about anything But through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then the peace of God surpasses all understanding, guards our heart and guards our mind. Verse 8, he says, now this is your part to, to keep your peace. On the way to the manifestation of walking in days of heaven upon the earth, he says, this is your part. Now finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report... If there's any virtue and there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. This is our part. In other words, do something with your mind in order to keep your peace. If you've made a decision, you're not going to worry. You're not going to fret about anything. Say anything. And we're going to pray. And we're going to pray on purpose. And we're going to be thankful. And we're going to receive the manifestation. He said, my peace, remember the same peace... That causes you to overcome. The same peace that brings wholeness. The same peace that keeps your mind and keeps your heart. It says that peace right there is designed to get you where God has called and created you to be. But in order to get there, you've got to keep your mind, fix your mind, set your mind on things that are good and lovely and pure and holy and just and of a good report. He says, if you can find anything praiseworthy, fix your mind on it. So how do we keep our peace? By keeping our mind set up on the, the word, right? Now, now think of, 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 of being upset. So we're going, we've, we've prayed, we've prayed on purpose, we're thankful. Uh, we've made a decision, I'm not going to, I don't care. Say, I don't care. We're not going to fret, we're not going to worry, we're not going to be upset. Not going to be upset. Because what does is, what is being upset get us? It gets us out of our level position. It, it, it rocks the boat. It, it, it steals our peace. You know, I, I was listening to, to Keith Moore, and he was talking about whenever um, he goes for flight training, and, and they call it upset recovery. And they stick them in this simulator, and, and they tell them, okay, take your hands off. This is my plane now. And, and you've got to close your eyes, and it goes dark in there. And, and you go upside down, and you can tell it going all different directions. And they say, okay, now it's your plane. They open up, and, and they're spinning, and the, the controls are just sitting there just shaking. And, he, and, and the, the plane is upset, but you better not be upset. <laughs> because... He's, you know, he's talking about whenever you got to grab the controls, you got to do it gently and you got to do it a little bit at a time and you got to stay level and you've got to, you've got to stay calm. So whenever we're going somewhere, I, I remember I had some friends that used to, to fly me a lot and they had really good pilots and everything and we'd get in turbulence and everything. They'd always tell me, watch the pilot because if the pilot is calm, you're okay. And that's what God is telling you and I. Watch Jesus, the author and developer of our faith, the pilot, because he's always calm. 
If we keep our eyes on our pilot, who is Jesus, we know everything's going to be okay. I remember I was, I was flying into this little airport in New Mexico one time, and, and as we land, I mean, the wind was just whooping us all over the place, and we land, and as we land, I look out to the side of the airplane there, and this airplane was upside down on its, on its roof. And I'm thinking, ho, oh, oh. And I asked the guy, because this guy, he had been flying for 30-plus years that was flying the plane. I said, what happened? He says he, he, he overreacted. He was going somewhere, and there was some turbulence, and he overreacted. What happened? He got upset. And because he was upset, he ended up being upside down. You ever been on the planes whenever, you know, you hear people at the beginning of the plane and, oh, they're laughing and they're cutting up and, oh, they, you know, they're joking around and everything. They might be having to have a foul mouth about them and everything. And all of a sudden, whenever you're flying, you hit turbulence. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. <laughs> See, all of us go through turbulence. Whenever we go through turbulence, see, if you've flown enough, you know that we're going to get through turbulence. We just stay with it. We stay steady. We keep nose up. You know, and most planes have an attitude indicator, which lets you know whether nose down, attitude down, nose high, attitude high. If you and I stay in the attitude of faith, we keep climbing and we will get through the turbulence. But we've got to stay calm. How do we stay calm? By making a decision. I'm not going to fret or worry about anything. I'm going to pray. When I pray, I'm going to pray on purpose. And whenever I pray and I pray on purpose, and I'm going to be thankful. Why? Because I know that God's eyes are over me. God hears my prayers. I know it's dynamic and it's working. And God's peace keeps my heart and it keeps my mind. And I'm going to keep my mind on things that are good and lovely and pure and of a good report. That's what I'm going to do with my mind. Say, that's my part. Philippians Chapter 4, verse 9. And it says, The thing which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The things which you learned, received, and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So you see our part. You see his part in verse 7. You see our part in verse 8. And in verse 9, it says that... The things that you've learned, received, and heard, and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Say, God's peace is with me. Now, remember, remember where Paul is at, and that where he's writing this from. Whenever he he says, whenever he says in verse four, uh, rejoice, and and he says that God's at hand. In verse six, be anxious for nothing, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guards your heart and keeps your mind. Verse 8, finally, brethren. In other words, he says, I'm identifying. When you see the phrase, finally, brethren, it, it, the word means like we're cut out of the same cloth. Two, two um, individuals that come out of the same womb. He's identifying with the same way that you've gone through trouble is the same way that I go through trouble. The same way that you've gone through trials and tribulation, I've gone through trials and tribulation. And if you, what you've seen me do and what you've learned from me, if you'll do the same thing, the same God of peace that's been with me is the same God of peace that will be with you. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians 13. Say, when I pray, I'm going to pray on purpose. 1 Corinthians 13, of course, you know it's the love chapter. And we get into verse 9. 
And it says, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. And when, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things away. I put childish things away. I put childish things away. It's time for us to come up. Have you, have you ever seen a little kid whenever, at their perspective, they, you know, he's watching America's Funny Home videos a couple weeks ago, and this little kid, they're, they're in the, their car, you know, and they're playing, and oh, they got this little girl has a balloon, and the windows are open, and you can just see it coming. Oh, she's so happy, and the balloon flies out. <laughs> she just loses it. Because from her perspective, that is her balloon, that is the best balloon, that is the only balloon. She don't know if she's ever going to get a balloon again, right? <laughs> or, or how about maybe when you were little and you had your ice cream or something and you were sitting there and, you know, you were petting Rover and you bent over and stuff and... Because <laughs> uh, your perspective is that you don't know if you're going to get ice cream again, right? Or, or you're, you're playing with your Hot Wheel. Or girls, you're playing with your dolls, playing with your Hot Wheel, and the and the and the tire breaks off, and you just lose it because you think it's never going to work again, or you're never going to have a Hot Wheel again, or you break a leg on the Barbie doll, and and you think, oh, that's, that's my dolly, that's my Barbie doll. <laughs> but see, if if that child had a different perspective, they would realize that they make balloons every day that that mom and dad will get you another doll or mom and dad will fix your hot wheel or will get you some more ice cream and paul is saying right here that whenever i was a child i thought like a child i spoke like a child he says but it's time to put childish ways behind and what does a child do a child as a baby a child just eats eats and makes messes right that child, the, 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 the family takes care of the child. As a, as a child grows up a little bit more, a child is still only about itself. It gets distracted whenever you give it a job to do, right? You tell it to, you know, go clean the room and one sock makes it in the drawer and they go off playing somewhere else because that's just a child's mentality. And Paul is saying it's time for us to come up because when we get a different perspective, our thinking should change into maturity. We should mature and see things from God's perspective. A little child, if they had our perspective, I remember when I was a little kid and I, I didn't understand and I was at my, my granddad's funeral, my peepaw, and I remember as a little kid, I was so upset at five or six years old because I didn't understand like I understand now, and I've been at other funerals, and I'm not ignorant of the hope that we have, that it's not, bye-bye, I'll never see you again. It's just, I'll see you later. I'll see you in a bit. It won't be very long, and I'll see you again. See, a different perspective. When you have one perspective, you flip out over little bitty things. When you have one perspective, you know, the, the religious people, they got upset at Jesus because he didn't wash his hands before he ate. That's childish. People leave churches because of childish things. I've had been in the ministry quite a while now, and I remember when I was pastoring, and people would say, "Well, I, I'm man, I, I'm behind you. I'm I'm behind you. I'm I'm behind you." And within three weeks, they were so far behind me, I couldn't see them anywhere. <laughs> Pastor, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because of childish 
ways of thinking. Churches split because of childish ways of thinking. People leave because of childish ways of thinking. Strife festers because of childish ways of thinking. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I want to read it again. When we know in part and we prophesy in part, when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put childish things away. I put away childish things. Not only let's make a decision that we're not going to worry and we're not going to fret about anything, but we're going to pray and we're going to pray on purpose and we're going to be thankful and the peace of God is going to surpass all understanding that we're going to keep our mind on things that are good, lovely, pure, and of a good report. We're going to keep that peace, the same peace we saw in Paul and learned from Paul, the same peace that he walked in is the same peace that you and I walk in. Remember, Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Say, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. Because when I have a different perspective, I'm not going to get upset. When I have a different perspective, I'm not going to allow the little things like the ice cream cone, the balloon, the doll, the hot wheel get me upset because I have a different perspective. God is wanting us to come up to have a different perspective because that million dollar project that you're facing is like that little hot wheel compared to God. He has a different perspective That physical symptom that you might be dealing with, he has a different perspective. And he sees that by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed and made whole. He has a different perspective that he says all of your needs are met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He has a different perspective. But we have to stop being a child and come up to his way of doing things, have a different perspective. How do we get a different perspective? Go back to verse 8. If I can find anything good and anything lovely and anything praiseworthy... I'm going to think on these things because when I think on these things, it affects my lens. It affects my eyes. It affects my focus. It affects my perspective. My thinking affects my perspective. My thinking affects my believing. My thinking affects my speaking. My thinking affects what is in my heart. My thinking affects every other area of my life. So it says that when I was a little kid, I only knew in part. And then as I grew a little bit older, I knew a little bit more of the part. But as I became a man, Paul said, I quit talking like I used to talk and thinking the way I used to think. I put childish ways behind. I come up with a different perspective. And I don't care. What is God's perspective concerning your finances, your family, your body, your assignment, your purpose? God's wanting us to come up. Say, I'm going to come up. Go go with me to Jonah chapter 4. Kind of just a summary of Jonah chapter 4. We're talking about putting childish thinking behind us. And Jonah, you probably heard that joke before, that little girl who's talking to her, her teacher and... The little girl's talking to her teacher, you know, about whales and the fish. And, and that teacher says, you know, I don't believe that. I don't believe there's no way that, you know, somebody can live inside of a fish. There's no way a fish could swallow a person. And she says, well, Jonah, Jonah did. Fish swallowed Jonah. And she said, well, the little girl said, well, you know what I'm going to do when I get to heaven? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Jonah if it really happened. <laughs> and the teacher said, well, what if he's not there? She said, well, I'll let you ask him then. 
<laughs> Some of you will get that later. But you see in Jonah chapter one and Jonah chapter two and three, where God wanted Jonah to go to Nineveh. And we're talking about putting childish ways of thinking behind us. We're talking about not allowing the enemy to get us upset because we prayed and we prayed on purpose. and We've already made a decision. We're not going to worry about it, that we're going to put childish talking and childish thinking and childish behaviors away because we're going to get a different perspective by God's word, right? And how do we begin to change our perspective? By what we connect our mind to. He says, whatever is good, lovely, pure, holy, just, of a good report, think on these things. Say, think on these things. And here, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. And whenever I read this story, I always think of Veggie Tales, you know, where they were slapping the, the people with fishes. I don't know if y'all have seen Veggie Tales or not. But the, and, and, and so God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. And Jonah said, no way, Lord, I know you. I'm going to go to Nineveh and I'm going to tell them. You know, that judgment's coming, and sure enough, they're going to say, you know, Lord, I apologize, and you're going to forgive them, and I'm not going to Nineveh. And so he gets a ticket, and he goes the opposite direction. And so he's asleep on this boat, and, and you know the story that the storm began to rage, and, and all these guys, they're throwing stuff off the boat, trying to get the, the, the sea to calm down. And, and so they go down, and they wake up Jonah. Man, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping? You know, this boat, everything's falling apart. And here you go, not you pray to your God or something, and maybe something can happen. And they said they cast lots, and it went on, you know, fell on Jonah. Can't you just see Jonah? <laughs> And it pointed at Jonah. They said, "What? It, it's, it's you. What's going on? And so Jonah tells him, you know, I'm after the presence of God. I'm a man of God. And God told me to do this. And I went the other way. And they said, well, what do you want us to do? And they, Jonah said, well, the only way you're going to calm the sea down is to throw me overboard. And they said, uh. So the Bible says they rowed even harder. <laughs> but, you know, when you're rowing against the Lord, I don't care how hard you row. You're not going to make any headway. Right. And so the guys, they pick up Jonah. And they say, Lord, <laughs> you know, forgive us. But here you go. <laughs> And they throw Jonah over, and the Bible says that God had prepared a big fish for Jonah. And this is where we are in, in um, well, in, in chapter 3, you see how at the end of 2, the Lord spoke to the fish, and it threw up Jonah on the dry ground. I mean, don't you know this guy stunk, right? And then chapter 3, it talks about how he went on, and he began to declare, 40 days judgment's coming, and... And then he, he gets, he, you know, he goes on and, of course, the king hears about it. And he repents and sure enough, God doesn't bring judgment on it. And this just ticks Jonah off. We're talking about putting away childish thinking, right? Verse 1. But it, chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, was, this, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Now, so in other words, he's saying, God, this is why I didn't want to come in the first place, because I was going to prophesy. I'm a prophet. My prophecies are supposed to come to pass, and you ruin it. You know, my reputation's on the line, Lord, and I did what you told me to do, and sure enough, they repented, and I'm ticked now because what I prophesied is not coming to pass. And so here he's mad at God, verse 4, then the Lord said, is it right for you to be angry? So you know when the Lord ever asks you that, just repent, right? Do you have a right to act the way you're, you're acting? 
Do you have a right to talk the way you're talking? Do you have a right to think like you're thinking? Do you have a right to be angry? Verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And there he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant. Can't you just see just like a little kid got his sucker in the dirt. And I'm just going to go sit over here and I'm not playing with anybody. This is Jonah sitting on the other side. In verse 6, the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was grateful for the plant. Say, he was grateful for the plant. Now we're talking about getting God's perspective. We're talking about putting childish thinking behind us, childish ways behind us, a different perspective. And, And so Jonah, he is ticked that God spared the city, but he's thankful for the plant. Say, he's thankful for the plant. Verse 7, but as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a behemoth east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, it is better for me to die than to live. So here he was. He was up one day, right? He was thankful for the plant. The plant died, and he wanted to die right along with it. So you see that Jonah, he had, a, he had an opportunity to get upset. He had an opportunity for his emotions to rule him and reign him, right? And in verse 9, and then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry even to death. But the Lord said, you have had pity on the plant for which you have not labored, nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh? The great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between the right and the left as, and, and much livestock. In other words, he says, you're wanting me to spare the plant, but you don't want me to spare the people. Do you have a right to act the way you're acting? Do you have a right to be angry the way you're angry? Do you have a right to be judgmental the way you're judgmental? Do you have a right to have the perspective that you have? We all have a choice and a decision to make, but really we don't have a right to act that way when God has said, don't let your heart be troubled, get a different perspective. Instead of caring about the little things, let's see the big picture. Instead of caring about the plant, let's see the people. The people that you and I are connected to. God has them on his mind and he has gifted and equipped you to reach them. He wants to do a work in each and every one of us and flow through us to the people around us. But we've got to come up and put childish ways of thinking behind us. How? By not letting our heart be troubled. By praying and praying on purpose and being thankful. And the peace of God surpasses all understanding, guards our heart and guards our mind. And Paul says, whenever I begin to walk in this, I put childish things behind because I I see from a different perspective. In other words, he says, I don't allow things to upset me anymore on the way to my manifestation. Because I'm doing something with my mind. I'm connecting my mind to the promise. I'm connecting my mind to the word. I'm connecting my mind to God's way of doing things. But sometimes we can even live in a state of so much turmoil and so much worry and so much fretting that we don't even realize. We get so comfortable and it becomes so normal to us that we don't even realize that we're worrying. 
You know, we think all day long, right? There's thoughts all day long, and the whole time you're at work, you're thinking about the bills, and you're thinking about the kids, and you're thinking about the president, and you're thinking about the government, and you're worrying about people are worrying about this, and people are worrying about that. And what did God say? Let not your heart be troubled. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. And people say, well, you don't understand what I'm going through. You don't know what it's like. You don't understand the pressure. And God is saying the same thing. Let not your heart be troubled. Let it not be afraid. People get so used to being upset, forced out of that level position, that they they end up wearing it on their face. They end up wearing it in their their, their body posture. When people are always, they, they come into their presence, they don't even say, hi, how's it going anymore? They say, are you okay? What's wrong? Because just like faith and joy and peace can be seen, so can worry, anxiety, and ups, being upset all the time can be seen. God wants, when you and I hit turbulence, that what do we do? We stay focused on the pilot. When you and I hit turbulence, what do we do? We, we do our part, which is to pray, pray on purpose, be thankful. We rejoice always, right? The peace of God comes upon us, and we keep stepping, and we step in peace, and we step in wholeness, and we step in completeness, right? I, I want the peace of God. Isaiah 26, 3, those who keep their mind set up on Him live in perfect peace, peace. God wants us to be carriers of peace, containers of peace. I've lived in degrees of this peace before, but I don't want to just come in and out and be peaceful sometimes and peaceful, not peaceful the other times. I I want to abide and dwell and live in this peace. If Jesus said, my peace I give unto you, I want to take it. Say, I take it. I I remember there's been times I've been in airports and stuff, and because of storms that the flights get canceled and everything, and I don't even, maybe it's Denver or uh, I don't remember where the storm was exactly, but I remember I was just sitting over there waiting and everybody's scampering around. Oh my gosh, I'm not going to make my flight and these are getting canceled. I'm canceled line, this, this all over the place. But I had so much peace. This, this group of people, they came over and said, can, can, can we sit by you? You just seem to have so much peace. I said, you better believe it, you can. Come over here. But I, 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 I want to live like that all the time. Don't you? I, 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 want to, I want to be a container of peace. I was telling my wife the other day, I, I'm going to go to new levels in my peace. I'm going to gain a different perspective, God's perspective about our, our family and our finances and our physical body and our destiny and purpose. I'm going to put childish ways of thinking and talking and living behind us. I want to encourage you tonight to put childish ways of thinking. What areas of your life? The Lord just corrected me yesterday. I was telling my wife this morning on some areas of, of that's childish ways of thinking. So kind of like Jonah, do you have a right to be angry like this? And what do we say? No, sir. No, sir, I don't. So if you have uh, been getting, dropped your dolly in the dirt. If you've dropped your sucker in the dirt and you've been getting upset, realize that God is wanting us to walk in days of heaven upon the earth. And the enemy is going to do anything he can to upset us. 
to push us out of our upright position to disturb us mentally and emotionally because it stops what God can do when we allow ourselves to get out of peace. Now, don't get me wrong. God is all-powerful, all-knowing. I think you know what I mean, that it, it, it unplugs our faith whenever we get out of peace. So would you make a decision with me tonight that we're going we're gonna to go up to a different perspective? We're going to quit thinking like a child, and we're going to see from God's perspective? I want to pray over you. Father, as a body of believers, as a family, we come to you and we make a decision that we are not going to fret or have anxiety about anything. I don't care if it's been passed down from generation to generation. It stops in our life right now in the name of Jesus. That we are free from fear and worry and anxiety and fretting and being upset. We are redeemed from the curse. And we live in the blessing, the blessing of peace and wholeness. And we put childish ways of thinking and behaving and doing behind us. And we're focused on you. And Father, just show us the things that are good and lovely and pure and of a good report. Anything praiseworthy, Father, we connect our mind to it. Father, right now we receive your peace. Father, I declare peace in families. I declare peace in finances. I declare peace in physical bodies. I declare peace in businesses. I declare that we are containers of peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 Did you get something out of the word tonight? Thank you, Lord, Pastor.